Hey guys, this is James. And Greg. We're the co-hosts of the Sports Dance Podcast, a weekly podcast recapping all the news, sports, daily fantasy, and anything else you can want to know in the sports world. If you like blazing hot sports takes, you like a little bit of humor, maybe a little bit of murder. No, just kidding. All sports. But follow us, uh, Greg. On Twitter at SportsStands underscore. You can follow James at SportsStandsJ. Follow us on Vine, Facebook, and Instagram. Yeah, we got it all. At Boom. the Sports Stands. And, you know, just check us out. You're going to love what we bring to the table every single week. Hot takes, nothing less. The Sports Stance. Hey, guys. Welcome to the Sports Stance Podcast with Greg and James. I'm the second part. And with me, as always... He's the third one on the banana boat with LeBron and Wade. It's Greg Cowan, everybody. What's happening? Dude, that banana boat is bumpy. And why do I always have to ride in the back? Why do I got to get the bitch seat? They got to anchor you, bro. They got to get you in there. I mean, I normally thought there would be LeBron anchoring the banana, but uh, they, they they must think highly of you. Apparently. I mean, I hold I hold the fort down, I guess. Is that what you're trying to say? <laughs> yeah, I guess that's it. Uh, that's what you're trying you to say, I mean? James. Make me feel better. I, d- I didn't realize that it was you guys still did banana boats this time of year. That was pretty cool. Uh, we take trips to the Bahamas and South Beach. You know, we're right between like Cuba and South Beach is where we set up. Yeah, if you say so, man. I mean, I don't know. You, there, there was a couple of visual cues, Greg, that told me you're looking a little chilly out there. All right, why are you staring at my nipples so much? It's kind of my eyes just go. I'm a nipple seeker. <laughs> you know, you've always struck me as a nipple seeker. Yeah, well. You learn something new every single day. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Known you for years, never knew you were a nipple seeker. <laughs> yeah. Well, now you know. People people in podcast land, now you know, James, nipple seeker. So, um, look out for him. Yeah. I'm going to get like a bunch of man nipples now sent to me because of you. Thanks for that. Yeah, I'm sure. Um, all right, cool. Let's get into it because we have a lot to cover. We have football, we have basketball, we have college college football and we have some miscellaneous items we want to touch on but before we get into anything greg uh how are you man how was your thanksgiving we haven't talked since uh since last week yeah it's been a while uh thanksgiving was good you know went to my brother-in-law's they had it for the first time because the in-law's kitchen is about to get like demolished so it was good uh had a good time watched all the football games pretty much in peace because everybody kept coming in and out of the room where the tv was but i just stayed in my one seat stayed put had drinks delivered to me so i didn't have to move nice maximum you know movement like you know limited so that was always good enjoyed the games uh, it was a good time good food uh besides that set up all my christmas decorations immediately the day after i got back because my wife loves christmas yeah it's early yeah uh well i had to hold her off before thanksgiving she's one of those that it's like halloween's over it's time to put stuff up yeah but uh yeah so besides that, uh, the only other thing we did was yesterday we had uh, our anniversary of how many years we've been together, which is 13. So we do our ornament exchange now because we don't celebrate that one as like an actual anniversary. I don't know. So we just do ornaments instead. Well, that's exciting, brother. Yeah, she got me a sports stance ornament. She made our, our logo up into an ornament. I saw. I saw on the Instagram. That's very cool. Yeah. We're, uh, I'm, I'm proudly represented on your on your tree, which is important. I kind of feel like my representation on your Christmas tree the last couple of years has been lacking. So I'm glad that we rectified that. 
forever in our hearts, James. Yeah, exactly. Oh, cool, man. What about you? Nice. How how was your turkey day? It was fine. Nothing, uh, nothing special. Well, I guess it's always special. Love Thanksgiving. <laughs> Big fan. Uh, yeah, we uh, had had some good food, some good family, some good drink, the whole thing. It was it was good. It was good. Uh, I've been trying to catch up on a couple movies because with with my new uh, with my new job, it's uh, it's tough. I, I don't have very much time at all. I basically, you know, watch the last half of a Celtics game every single day and then just go to bed. But over Thanksgiving, I try to catch up on a couple movies. So I saw Deadpool for the first time, which is really good. Good movie. I like that one a lot. Yeah, and then I also saw. Um, the Steve Jobs movie with Michael Fassbender and, uh, and and Seth Rogen and Kate Winslet. How was that? Uh, that was pretty good. That was really good. I like I like Aaron Sorkin. He's the he's the writer for like The West Wing and The yeah. Newsroom. I'm actually watching The West Wing right now. I like it a lot. Oh, are you? Yeah, yeah it's supposed to be pretty good. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it's it, it, it was it was pretty good. It was pretty interesting. The way that they did it was like three scenes rather than. You know, one continuous narrative movie. They basically did three scenes from from three different product launches. Oh, okay. Uh, and, and they were like just big scenes, like long, like like you know, forty five minute scenes uh, that kind of encapsulated where Jobs went throughout his career. It was pretty cool. It was it was interesting the way they did it. Probably much better so, than the Ashton Kutcher version. I would have to imagine so, yeah. So <laughs> I haven't seen the Ashton Kutcher no, version. No offense, at Ashton. No offense. Uh, Fastbender's yeah. a slightly better actor. Yeah, I, I haven't seen the Kutcher version, but that there, there's a reason for that. So <laughs> uh, I'm going with the uh, I'm going with Fastbender. Cool, man. By the way, I love I loved uh, your fam. Is a family bowling thing? I saw your Snapchat. Is that like a family tradition? Yeah, my whole family goes bowling uh, the day after Thanksgiving, or the, for, or the weekend after Thanksgiving. Uh, the family that we don't do Thanksgiving with, the other side of the family, we'll, we'll go bowling with, called the Turkey Bowl. That's a that's adorable. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. We should uh, we should cover that with uh, cameras next year and send it to ESPN. I actually made a video of it one year. I'll send it over to you. It's pretty fun. <laughs> nice. Um, cool, cool. Let's get into it, though. We have a lot to talk about. We have a lot to get through. And then starting do. with last week's games. Uh, so we had some Thanksgiving games. We had some, some uh, primetime games. Uh, and you had a better week. I did. I had a very good week. I was 5-0. and That's impressive, man. That's pretty good. I got to catch up on you. I got to make some of these really drastic picks, and uh, Tampa Bay worked out for me. What did I? What did I, uh, what did I do again? Was it like three and two? No, you were four and one. The only game you messed up was Seattle, uh, Tampa Bay. Yeah, I, I feel kind of like I was, I was not the only one in the entire world who messed that one up. So I'm gonna go ahead and, but I'll put my hand up. That's my bad. Um, uh, at least you're taking sure. it. You're taking it well. Thank you, thank you. Uh, I'm nothing if not humble. So. Before we, uh, you know, get into, you know, picks for next week's game, we like to kind of go through these, and we like to go uh, one or two routes, Greg. And this week, the route that we're going to go is most impressed, least impressed, uh, which is pretty cool. Uh, that's that's the one we're going to break out today. So, Greg, what was a player, coach, unit, team, uh, division, uh, haircut? What was one something that you were most impressed by? A lot of great haircuts this week, as I could see under the helmets. Good haircuts. Uh, a lot, I mean, there was a lot of guys that actually impressed me this week. Uh, you know, uh, 
Pierre Paul for the Giants had a good defensive game with a defensive touchdown, doing that with like eight digits. Uh, so that was impressive. But one guy kind of stood out. I don't know if you watched any of the Sunday night game with the Chiefs uh, Broncos, but Tyreek Hill just had a phenomenal week. Everybody's been waiting for this guy to break out. He's, you know, gotten really close to a few kickoff returns. And the guy is just so fast that his kickoff return touchdown against the Denver Broncos, he was able to high-five a teammate at, like, the eight-yard line. Yeah, I saw that play. That's a, That was a pretty good uh, – that was a pretty intense run back. Yeah, and then he also had to think of a receiving touchdown and a few other big plays. So, you know, he had a great week. Fast guy, could be one of the future bright spots for that offense. So he was definitely my most impressed in a very, very competitive game. I hear you. I hear you, man. Um, okay, cool. That's a good one. I'm going to go a little outside the box because I keep going with the same people over and over again. No. Yeah, I'm going to go a little outside the box here. I'm actually going to go with Matt Barkley Ooh. for the Chicago Bears. I thought that this guy was out of the league, to be totally honest with you. Um, I, I just thought that I did not – Matt Barkley was not registering to me. He's been on the Eagles. And he's been on uh, – wait, what, what other teams has he been on, Greg? Uh, talk to me. What's, the, what? the Bears? I don't I – don't, I, 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 I lost track of him when he left the Eagles because I thought he was out of the league. I, I just – I did too. And all of a sudden he comes in for Jay Cutler. They lost to the Titans. Um, this is why it's a little out of the box for me, but against a really good defense, he put up 316 yards with three touchdowns. That's pretty good. He would have put up more too if his receivers could catch the ball. Yeah, I mean, honestly, like you know, I, I realized I, we do this all the time in football, right? We overreact to a single, you know, a single, uh, you know, uh, performance, and he did have two interceptions, but. I think getting in there and not having played real competitive football, this is his first NFL start. <laughs> and he got out there and threw 316 yards and a couple touchdowns. You know, his his leading rusher is Jordan Howard, whoever that is. Yeah, I mean, he had a uh, good start to the year, but he's dropped off. <laughs> and, and a couple of the players that he's playing with are so bad that just like – the fact that they had some per- someone get out there and play semi-competent football for them is is exciting if you're a Chicago Bears fan. So yeah, they could have won I know that, that game. That's a, I know that's a bit outside the box, and I know that no one no one really wants to uh, hear about the Chicago, Chicago Bears this far into December or this far into the season. But uh, I was legitimately impressed with Matt Barkley getting out there and, and having a start. Uh, so you know, they're they're that one game. And if he does it again next week, is going to get him a lot of money in this league next year. <laughs> yeah, it's just how it goes. Yeah. Except I will not lie, I get him and Cody Kessler confused. I believe they're like the same person. They might as well be, but uh, USC I, I quarterbacks think I also... <laughs> just just confuses me sometimes. Yeah, I think I should also temper expectations though, because this is the same exact performance that like this is the same kind of performance that Brock Osweiler had last year that got him, you know. A pretty contract from the Texans. Yeah, uh, I don't think Texans fans want to hear about Brock Osweiler right now. I don't doubt it. Guy's a train wreck. All right, Greg, what is your least impressed? Well, James, my least impressed, since we are recording this so late in the week, gave me a few extra days to hopefully figure out least impressed. I'm going to give it to Jeff Fisher. (laughs) Not only for how poorly he is as a coach on the field, but for how dumb of a coach he is off the field. 
If you haven't seen him by now, Jeff Fisher was asked about the Patriots' backfield, three running back monster, and what he had to say basically was, well, LeGarrette Blunt, you know, I gave him a shot. He was uh, pretty good. Uh, then there was uh, Bolden, who uh, has a total of like four rushes and a catch this year, and he made him sound like he's a juggernaut on the f- team. And then he finished it all off with Danny. Now, if you're trying to be like uh, Danny Amendola, the wide receiver, no, he was talking about Danny Woodhead, the injured reserve running back on the Chargers. So, good job, Jeff. Way to study, way to show that you are an NFL coach and you know what you're talking about. Yeah, it's kind of awesome. Uh, I listened to <laughs> I listened to a radio show yesterday. They did the Jeff Fisher game, and it was calling about games that are coming up this weekend that you're excited about, but you know, obviously, mess up the roster. And it was pretty funny because people were calling and being like, yeah, you know, Tampa Bay is going to be going in with that vaunted defense with uh, Brooks and Sapp and Lynch. That team's going to be unstoppable. And I was just like, this is great because Jeff Fisher's just an idiot. Shouldn't even be a coach. <laughs> Get him out of L.A. Yeah. L.A. fans do not want Jeff Fisher. They want glitz and glamour. They need a young, cool head coach. Their quarterback's not even that fancy. Their offense is horrible. Todd Gurley can't do anything. Jeff it's, just a bad, it's a bad product that they're putting out on the field. Uh, it's too bad. And they signed him for three more years. Makes no sense. Yeah. Yeah. All right. That was a good one. Um, I'm going to go least impressed with the Indianapolis Colts. Just this season. Just Can we put them to rest, please? This is No, we can't because uh, they're in the AFC South. I just hate that division so much. Just give it, just give it to the Titans and, and just let us all go home here because the Colts – are, are horrible. Everyone in the world knew that they were going to get torched by the Steelers. It just, like, put up a fight. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. Like, make it at least semi-interesting. They're the least compelling team. Like, and, and this is really saying something in the AFC South. They're the least compelling team to me in the AFC South. Yeah, I would agree. There's just, like, no it, personality. Right. I, I mean... I, I get it, like, they've got luck, like, you know, he's whatever, but I, I can't think of a, I can't think of a, a single other player on there that I want to watch uh, play football, and when luck was out on Thanksgiving, uh, it just gave me a massive excuse to, to write it off. Since it was Thanksgiving, I continued to watch, because I'm not a psychopath. Um, <laughs> but, you know, I, I just, they just put them out of their misery, you know what I mean? Yeah. I get it. It's just a lackluster team with lackluster personality and they without luck they're like nothing and it's just sad they're just not fun to watch man they're just not fun to watch like what who do they have what is it what are their skill players don't tell me ty hilton do not tell me ty hilton because i just don't care about ty hilton if i'm gonna be totally honest with you does frank gore still count as a skill player <sighs> yeah and like like five years ago 2007 I don't know. I don't know. It's it's tough, man. And let's let me see here. Uh, I just want. I'm just pulling up their uh, the division right now. The Texans are still in first. Um, at six and five. The Titans are at six and six, right behind them. Colts are at five and six, and the Jags are at two and nine. I guess technically the Jags are the least compelling, you know, team in that division. But they lose but with man, theory. It's just like it's just like a uh, it, it's pretty it's pretty much a competition between the Colts and the Jags, the least interesting teams in the league right now. Yeah, remember when everybody was like the Jags could win that division? <laughs> Memories. 
Yeah, exactly. Um, that, I feel like you're bringing that up because that's what I said. No, is um, that, I, couldn't, I don't even remember. I just remember I picked the Titans and you made fun of me. Yeah, I picked the Jaguars and you should have made fun of me. Um, there's I still believer. time. I was a Bortles believer. There's still time. Anything else that you want to cover in uh, week 12 before we move on to week 13, Greg? Uh, the only other thing is I got to give a quick shout out to uh, the Tattooed Banana Podcast. They were the guys that made the bet with the other podcast for uh, the Browns making the playoffs. They had to pay up on their bet of using the Patriots as their logo for a week because the Browns were officially officially eliminated, I believe, a week ago. So, props to them, and uh, Parlapod won his uh, bet with them, and they paid up. So, I think the biggest shock of all that is it took this long for the Browns to be officially eliminated. Yeah, I feel like that's they had, during I was the surprised. preseason when they announced Robert Griffin as their starter, they could have officially been eliminated. But. Probably. I was figuring, like, after, like, week six, they probably would have been like, hey... Uh, yeah, there's no chance. Yeah. I kind of feel bad uh, for Hugh Jackson. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. He cried at his press conference. Did you see that? No, I did not. Yeah, he, he shed some tears out of how bad they are. They're pretty bad. That's. Uh, I mean, there's, there's no way to mince words about it. All right, on to week 13. Actually, since we uh, this is a new new territory for us, since we're going on Friday, we uh, actually already had a game from week 13 go on. Yeah. Uh, Cowboys beat the Vikings last night, 17-15. Damn Cowboys. Sam Bradford, you, you, sir, are a lucky man because uh, you got in here. This is technically week 13, so I didn't include you in last week's most impressed, least impressed, because guess which one you would have been. Um, (laughs) But let's get into it for this week, Greg. We have a few games that we're going to pick. You send them over to me right now, and I'm going to pull them up because I definitely saved them. Um, I'm glad. I'm glad you. I'm glad you did the research. Yeah, uh, we got uh, a few of these uh, in the early slate here that actually look decent. Uh, and the first one we're going to pick out of the one o'clock games are the Chiefs and Falcons. Uh, Chiefs going in to the Georgia Dome. Uh, Atlanta is actually favored by four point five points here. I don't totally understand that line, Greg, but maybe you can help me understand it. Uh, so the. Chiefs versus Falcons, who do you got? Uh, do you have Atlanta, or do you have the Andy and the Reeds? My guess is the line's based on the fact of just how good the Falcons' offense has been. And I think even though the Chiefs put up a good showing and uh, Houston put up a dominant performance on Sunday night, I'm going to go with the Falcons in this one just because their offense, I think, is too good. Defensively, they can hold up against that Chiefs' offense because it's not spectacular. They had a good showing against the uh, Broncos, but... I think that was a fluke. So I'm going to go Julio Jones comes back and has a dominant game this week. Helps all those fantasy owners who need the big win this week make the playoffs. So I'm going Falcons over Chiefs, and I think they actually win by 10 points. Uh, I'm going the opposite way here, Greg. You know that I'm a Chiefs believer. You are. You're a big Chiefs believer. Uh, I, I love the Chiefs. I think that they're uh, – you know, I think they are a, a great team. Um, I, I everyone always tell uh, talks about how their offense is not that great. Their offense is fine. You know, like the offense is not elite necessarily, but it, it's fine. It's a professional football team's offense. You know, it's not incompetent. Alex Smith knows what he's doing. Uh, they've got some playmakers now. They've got uh, you know Tyree Kill. They've got um, Travis Kelsey. Uh, you know, Spencer Ware is showing something in terms of uh, you know running back he doesn't have as many 
you know, touchdowns necessarily, but he, he can he can make things happen. So I'm going to go uh, Kansas City here. I just don't believe in this Falcons team. I think they're kind of a fluky team right now. Uh, I just don't think their defense is that good. And I think that Matt Ryan uh, is going to go up against a professional Andy Reid-led defense, and I think that he's going to struggle a little bit. So uh, I'm going the Chiefs here, man. All right. I, I, can, I understand your reasonings. I understand them. I don't like them, yeah. but I understand them. Yeah, I'm We're sure. back to disagreeing, I see. One week of peace. <laughs> uh, all right, let's get into Miami versus Baltimore. Uh, the Dolphins, 7-4. and four, uh, Sneaky good team, the Dolphins. Yeah. Uh, are, are going into uh, Baltimore uh, to play the 6-5 and five Ra- uh, Ravens. And the Ravens are favored by 3.5 points, Greg. Huh. So uh, Vegas is not giving much love here to the to the Dolphins. Um, I kind of wonder why. So let me know, Greg. Do you think that the Dolphins keep up uh, their magic? They've got quite the streak going right now against the Ravens. Or do you think that Joe Flacco somehow pulls out another one of these stupid, ugly games that just they always seem to win? Uh, I'm going to go with uh, the Dolphins taking this one in Baltimore. Tannehill yeah. has looked really good. He's thrown nine touchdowns to one interception over their four-game win streak, which that's just very good for him if you don't know anything about Ryan Tannehill. Their defense has looked better. Uh, Sue's healthy, so he's driving that force up the middle. And they're finally looking like an actual team and could be a person to, you know, compete in the AFCs, which is kind of refreshing. That's actually a team that can compete. So I was kind of hoping that the Patriots would have lost last week to make this, you know, a little more interesting of a division. But I think the Dolphins keep rolling. I think they move to 8-4. and four. I think Tannehill has another good game, and that defense shuts down Baltimore because their offense is really lackluster. And Joe Flacco, officially not elite. I am. Uh, I, I think we're going to have a lot of disagreements this week, Greg. I'm going with the Ravens here. Wow. Uh, a couple reasons why. The first reason is that the Dolphins have a big good record, but the majority of their wins are coming at home. They're five and one at home and two and three on the road. Um, the Ravens uh, are are also pretty good at home. They're four and two at home. Uh, and they're six and two in their conference. Uh, so against other AFC teams, the Ravens are pretty good. And then always that that kind of jives with me because every single time the Patriots play the Ravens, uh, you, you know it's always like a, a relatively compelling game. They're one of the they're one of the uh, teams that I hate, uh, partially because of how well they've played the Patriots over the last few years. Especially in the playoffs. Um, I also think that the Ravens are just one of those like let's just make this ugly like let's just make this game it's like the giants like we're gonna win like us we're gonna win like a you know 14 to 12 game and there's gonna be missed everything there's gonna be like missed extra points and like sloppy play all over the place but you know somehow we've squeaked out this this win and and we don't look very good and all of a sudden now we're back we're you know, falling ass backwards into the playoffs. So I think this is going to happen again this week. And I don't think what the Dolphins are doing is sustainable. I don't think they have a good enough team. So I'm going Ravens here. It's understandable. I get it. They are kind of sim- – they're like the – they are the AFC Giants. It's basically what it is. Yeah, I, I 100% agree there. Um, going uh, going towards the later games. Oh, is that it for the early games? Uh, was Detroit- no, 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 no. We have one more early game. We have uh, 1 p.m. Lions at Saints. Uh, the Lions are seven and four going in into uh, their the 
Superdome against New York Saints, the five and six Saints. So the seven and four Lions, Greg, uh, are 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 no, excuse me, the five and six Saints are favored by six points against the seven and four Lions. Yeah, I can understand that. Uh, the Lions have had a lot really? of yeah. The Lions, all their wins have been comeback wins. So my guess is the Vegas uh, makers are not giving the Lions the respect of coming back, winning those games closely. They're probably thinking New Orleans has an offense that if it gets rolling, you can't come back against. And their defense actually has been playing better. So I'm going to give it to Drew Brees this week. I think their offense uh, puts up the numbers that they need to. Defense holds against uh, whatever. I can't think of the offensive coordinator's name off the top of my head right now. Scooter? Boomer? No, Jim Bob Cooter. Jim Bob Cooter. That's what it is. Wow. You got that right away. So I think I think they hold him down and Stafford down. Don't allow that fourth quarter comeback. And uh, New Orleans makes the NFC South just a little more interesting, and keeps that division and the NFC North division all just a tight race and making it fun to watch. Yeah, I mean they're in sole position of first right now. Uh, The Lions are five and one at home and two and three on the road. Uh, New Orleans is a tough team to play at home in the Superdome, uh, and they looked really, really good last week. I I want to pick the Lions here, I really do, um, but I guess this is why they're they're not favored right now. I'm picking the Saints. Um, it, it, I just feel like they're gonna. The Saints have like one last little run in them right now, and the NFC South is bad enough that not bad, but close enough that. You know, uh, if if Atlanta stumbles like I think they will, and Tampa Bay doesn't necessarily keep this up, the Saints have an opportunity to kind of uh, to kind of sneak in here. Another team is kind of falling ass backwards in the playoffs. Yeah. The Saints, the Saints' remaining schedule, uh, they play the Bucks and the Falcons, um, and then they also play the uh, they play the Buccaneers twice actually. Wow. Uh, and the Falcons, uh, and they also play the Cardinals and then obviously the Lions. Um, so they have three division games coming up right now, and if Atlanta and Tampa Bay stumble at all, uh, the Saints have an opportunity to kind of, uh, you know, uh, get into a couple shootouts with these guys and actually kind of uh, jump into the playoffs here. So yeah, I'm like um, I'm liking that conference. That's like an exciting conference compared to the AFC South. Yeah, I, I agree. I think all those teams are relatively compelling, except for t- uh, except for Carolina, who I don't really think has much of a shot right now. But no. uh, if if Tampa Bay does not uh, you know, does not win these next couple of games, and if Atlanta stumbles a little bit, then there's going to be a real. Uh, we might have a real legitimate Week 17 matchup between the Falcons and Saints for a division title, which is pretty cool. Somebody might get flexed into the Sunday night game. <laughs> um, okay, I think that's it for the uh, for uh, the for the early games. So we're going to get into the later games now. Uh, at 4:25, we have. Uh, Wait, am I? What am I doing here? Uh, it, yes. No, no, no. That's not it for the early games. God, Greg, you gave me these out of order. What yeah, I'm sorry. Okay, I was just looking at the schedule, trying to figure things out. Don't get mad at me. I'm putting this 100 on you. You gave me this out of order. Last early game: uh, Texans at Packers. Uh, so six, uh, six and five Texans going against the five and six Packers. Uh, they're in Green Bay. Uh, Green Bay is favored by six and a half points. Greg. Uh, who do you think is taking this one? Uh, I'm going to go with the Packers. I think they're going to set up a bunch of little tents on their sideline that give their players energy of some sort because I think that's what they did against the Eagles with Aaron Rodgers because I still don't know what the hell was inside that tent. 
but apparently it was some sort of magic because Rodgers came back in and kept playing well, and it bothered me, James. It bothered me a lot. So I mean, do you, do you actually want to know what's in that tent? That was I, just a that was that was just a let me pull my pants down tent. <laughs> you didn't want to do it on national TV. I want to know if that's what that tent is, or maybe they're doing some voodoo in there. You don't know, James. You don't know. We don't know what's behind voodoo, the curtain. Is voodoo what we call steroids now? Is that the new word? What are you doing? Um, <laughs> but yeah, I'm gonna go Packers, uh, mainly because. Uh, the other team has Brock Osweiler, and I think any team that has Brock Osweiler shouldn't be anything above 500. Yeah, I'm also going to go Packers, and I don't really want to talk too much about this game because I don't think that either of these teams are good. Beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, cool. Now, Greg, uh, we're finally getting into the late games here, and we've got the Giants and Steelers at 425. The Eight and three Giants. Oh, I just hate saying it. I know it's terrible. It's as, almost as bad as the against, eleven and one Dallas Cowboys. Yeah, they're going up against the six and five Steelers um, in Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh is favored by six and a half points here. So uh, I don't think people believe in the Giants really either. Um, what do you think, Greg? Do you believe in the Giants? Or do you think that the Pittsburgh takes this? No, of course I don't believe in the Giants. Giants shouldn't be at eight and three. They should be. Basically, a probably a seven and five, six and or whatever the record would be, seven and four, six and five. They should not have as many wins as eight. Two many other games I feel like have been won on bonehead plays by the other team, and even if they haven't, that's what I'm just gonna go with. So I'm thinking the Pittsburgh Steelers come in. Big Ben does his thing. AB continues his role from Thanksgiving, where he absolutely demolished the Colts secondary. I think he does it again. And Le'Veon Bell keeps looking more and more like the old Le'Veon Bell, and he's going to run down the Giants' defensive throat and make the fans wonder why they paid so much money for him. Yeah, I'm going with the Giants here. Uh, wow. I've learned, I've learned uh, a while ago uh, through two time, two separate incidents just to stop counting out the Giants and stop underestimating the Giants. And I will not underestimate the Giants. I think the Giants are going to make it to the playoffs, and I think the Giants are somehow going to make it to the Super Bowl. I have no idea how. I just think they will. Page, I, Patriots, I, Giants again in another crushed year. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, potentially. I just, I just, they, they, they win these stupid games, and there's some sort of, I don't understand it, and I hate it. I hate it more than anything. You have Patriots have earned everything that we have, that we have, uh, that we have, you know. Received. We've earned it all, and the Giants have not. The Giants have two of our Super Bowls, and I hate them, and they're somehow going to win this game. I like how you said they have two of your Super Bowls. Like, you guys won them, and the Giants have stole the trophy. Yeah, well, I, I I felt just as bad as the players did, I'm sure. Maybe worse. Ooh, okay. Um, okay, great. That's the, that's the slate of games for this week, Greg. Any other games you want to point out that look interesting or compelling? Uh, not really. Not before we get into our guest picks, and then I got a question for you after we hear from our guest picks. Gotcha. Okay, so uh, go ahead, uh, introduce who we have picking this week, Greg. All right. So this week our guest picks are from the Top Shelf Podcast. These guys specialize in fantasy picks, and they sprinkle that a little bit in with their picks this week. They give us three games, including the Toilet Bowl, which you'll find out what matchup that is. And so let's take a listen. Hey guys, thanks for having us. It's Cajun Daniels from the Top Shelf Fantasy Football Podcast. You guys can find us on Twitter at Top Shelf Podcast or subscribe and download the podcast 
at topshelf.libsyn.com. That's L-I-B-S-Y-N dot com. My co-host, Stephen Cage, kick us off here. What are we doing today? So we're giving you a quick three games. We're just going to pick them, do a little game of pick them here. Uh, you know, who we think is going to come on top. And then we're going to splash in our specialty, some of the fantasy starts and sits at each of these games. I like it. I like it. So uh, are we going to start off with, with the garbage bowl that we're both so excited not to watch? I mean, Garbage Bowl 2016 right here. We got a real, I mean, what's the opposite of a barn burner? We're talking 49ers versus Bears. San Francisco. It would be better if they were the San Fernando 49ers because I'd probably watch their high school football team at this point. Um, And sadly, sadly, just as bad, but one game better, the Chicago Bears. So our pick... For this game, I think it's going to shock the world. <laughs> uh, the line is even, and uh, which is tight as ever. I mean, we don't want to give you guys the obvious picks. We want to give you some some in depth knowledge here. So there's some fantasy impact in this game. You might be in playoffs. You got some. You got some Murrays on by. You're going to need some some fill ins, right? You betcha. You betcha. So although San Francisco has the worst running defense in the history of planet Earth, I'm going to go with the San Francisco 49ers to win. The garbage bowl, the toilet bowl, 2016. Are you with me? I'm with you. We're going. We're going cap over the top to his plethora of mediocrity of wide receivers is what we're calling here, right? And despite that mediocrity, Cap's been putting in solid 20 point weeks. So from a fantasy uh, fantasy perspective, rather, you like rolling with a Colin Kaepernick against a soft Chicago Bears defense. Yeah, you got it. I mean, Kaepernick's been on fire the last couple games. He's obviously playing with a bit of a chip on his shoulder. I feel like he's going to just roll through this obviously struggling Bears defense. I like it. You never start him if you don't have to, but if you need a quarterback, you got a guy on by, caps the guy. Jordan Howard is my play. San Francisco has allowed nothing but 100-yard rushers, and Jordan Howard is the only offense the Chicago Bears have. So what's the next game we got, Steve? Pick it for me. Moving on to the Chiefs at Atlanta Falcons, baby. The chefs at the Dirty Birds, okay. And at Atlanta uh, by four on this one. By four at home. It looks like a good offense versus a, a pretty good and getting better defense. Uh, are you going with the, the line on this? You know, I, I'm going with the line. I'm going Falcons over the Chiefs. I just don't see the Chiefs being able to hold up to the high-scoring Falcons. True. Once again, I'm on board with you. I think the Chiefs' defense is great. They're going to pressure Matt Ryan, but Matty Ice has been been cool, calm, under pressure this year. He's just got far more offensive weapons. And I think although offense wins games, defense wins championships, we're picking games here, so offense is going to win it. Your boy Julio Jones has been a little quiet as of late. Well, he had a bad game last week, but I, I think you know he's, he's doing the bad game, three good games kind of system all season. I feel him doing a big bounce back this week, but my, my real wide receiver play, guy I've been on, I mean, what are we talking, five weeks I've been talking about this guy? Tyreek Hill from the Chiefs is the wide receiver play out of this game, however. Own him and play him, and, and let's just be clear here. There's been a lot of talk early this week. You know, Tyler Gabriel out of Atlanta, very similar wide receiver to Tyreek Hill, super fast, super tiny guy. Uh, I actually like Tyreek Hill better. Now, look, Tyreek Hill hasn't gotten a lot of targets, but he's clearly going to be utilized more often than Tyler Gabriel, even though they design plays for him in Atlanta. Tyreek Hill is the better player and the more consistent option there. 
I like him better in this game, although I think he's losing to the Atlanta Falcons and Matty Ice. So I wholeheartedly agree. So last, and certainly not least, we saved the best for last here. I think there's an absolute barn burner and high-scoring game, and I think it's going to be in Pittsburgh. It's going to be the Giants and the Steelers. Steelers are favored by six and a half. Your thoughts? Ah, oh, Giants at Steelers. This, this game's got some playoff implications here, right? I mean, it can help out the Cowboys if the Steelers come on top. I, I feel like that's happening. I'm on the Big Ben bus. I uh, I like the Steelers at the end of the season. I'm going Steelers, and it's but it's going to be a high-scoring affair. I think this is all the fantasy must-starts going head-to-head, and, and we're talking big points. You're you're on the right bus because Eli Manning, as far as quarterbacks go, he's on the short bus. It's like a, a 50-50 toss if he's going to throw a TD or interception. And for some reason late in the year, although the team comes on, he likes to try to throw up on his own shoes. He likes to try to throw a crucial pick and lose a game. So although I think the spread's a little higher than it should be, I think it's going to be a close game. Both teams are going to have a chance to win in the fourth quarter. I'm going with the Pittsburgh Steelers, but I'm going with them because I think Le'Veon Bell and the ability to control the ground game, control the tempo, maintain time of possession is going to keep Odell Beckham in that high-powered offense off the field. Pittsburgh, in a barn burner, though. Um, I, I like that game a lot. Perfect. I, that, was a, that was a quick little synopsis that we do over at Top Shelf Podcast, right? So give us a listen. Track us down on Twitter, at Top Shelf Podcast, and find us on Lipson. At Top Shelf Podcast dot Lipson dot Libson dot com. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> and you guys, we have three rules before we let you go. It's listen, subscribe, draft and draft better. Great. Good job, guys. I especially like their. I like the fact that they sprinkled in uh, fantasy guys for each game. So, like the San Francisco Chicago Toilet Bowl, they had Kaepernick, who's been surprisingly doing well, sprinkled in as if you need a quarterback, take him. You're a good player, yeah. you know, there's no doubt about it. I didn't mind that. I didn't mind uh, all their other little picks. They agree with me that Atlanta should win over Baltimore. So, I like should, them. I like them for that. Should win is a difference in win. It's different than win, Greg. Yeah, I don't care. Uh, they they like me more. I should be six foot five. you know. It, yeah. it is what it is. I know, and you're only six foot two. It's unfair. Life's unfair. Yeah, it happens. Um, okay, cool. That's it for football. Moving on. Oh, Wait. do you want to talk? Let's talk about college football. Oh, I got one question for you as a Patriots fan. Oh, yeah. You, uh, you mentioned the question. Sorry. Yeah, I know. You were just trying to avoid it because you know what it's going to be. How are you feeling about Gronk? I mean, it, it sucks. There's no doubt. But uh, the beautiful thing about the Patriots is that uh, no matter which person we lose, we still end up, you know, kind of rolling on this gravy train. You know? I mean,. Just, like you can take anybody out except for Bill Belichick right now, uh, and, and we're golden. So I, I'm not I'm not concerned. Is, uh, is it, it a Madden curse or is he just injury prone? I don't think it's the Madden curse. I don't think there's any such thing as a Madden curse. Thank Gr- you. Gronk has been injured every single year since he's been in the league. Thank you. I put that out yesterday on Twitter, and some guy was like, uh, "He's played in every big game. Uh, he's not injury prone. That's terrible of you to say." I'm like. He averages a matter of like 4.8 games missed a year since he's, his career started. So shut up. Yeah, he, he misses games every single year. I'm like, and, that's the epitome of injury pro. <laughs> yeah, and maybe he's played in every single big game. But like the Super Bowl a couple years ago against the, uh, against the Giants, like he was not a non-factor. And he missed the he entire injured. 2013 playoffs. <laughs> yeah, because he's injured. So. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, it sucks. 
Um, okay, cool. Let's get into college football before we get into the uh, before we wrap it up with some NBA here. Uh, so you uh, you have a lot of opinions, Greg, and I want to kind of let you go, and I'll pepper in where I'm uh, where, where I'm at with it. All right. So yeah, I got a lot of opinions. As you know, it's the final week before the bowl games and everything is all set up on Sunday, so it's an exciting weekend. Uh, I'm hoping that my, me loading the schedule doesn't have like some random video pop up on ESPN. That's gonna happen probably. Yep, it did. Uh, so it's championship weekend. You know, got a lot of big games. The top four right now are Alabama's number one, Clemson I believe is number three. So I went out of order. Ohio State's number two. And Washington's number four. Three of those four teams are in championship games. The only one not is Ohio State. So basically what it comes down to, Bama's going to be in even if they lose the SEC just because it's Bama. Clemson should roll against Virginia Tech. And Washington faces off against number seven or eight Colorado. And people think they should win that. If all those teams win, they're in. The question is, the big controversy is the Big Ten if Penn State beats Wisconsin, or Wisconsin beats Penn State, whichever way it happens, do they automatically get in over Ohio State? My answer, no. Ohio State's just way better. And it kind of made me laugh when uh, Michigan lost to Ohio State because Michigan Mike, I'm pretty sure, is heartbroken too. Gotcha. Those, uh, are, the, those are the only big games. I mean, the only other chance anybody has is uh, maybe the Big 12 if – Oklahoma has a huge convincing win, but that's about it. Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and agree with you on all this, mostly because I have not been able to watch a lot of college football lately. <laughs> um, so I have decided to basically get on Greg's bandwagon. Yes. Uh, other than the only thing that I'll say is that I, I just we all know who's going to win the championship, and that's Alabama. Um, so, yeah. No, see, I don't think Alabama's actually going to win the championship. I don't think they've actually faced that many hard teams in the SEC this year. Okay. So, I think if they if they get matched up against Ohio State in the first game, Ohio State could beat them, and Clemson could beat them in a potential rematch of last year. The only other thing that's interesting right now in the college football world is the fact that they're making Navy a story. I don't know if you saw this. They're saying Navy could basically screw up the whole uh, bowl system. I did not see that. So Navy this year has lost two games, uh, I believe, if I'm correct, which I can tell you in about two seconds. I just have to find the game. Yeah, so Navy, Navy's got two losses this year. They're like one of the big five uh, non-power conferences, so it's whoever wins the best team out of those in the rankings goes to the Cotton Bowl is how it's supposed to be. And Western Michigan is undefeated 12-0. But their whole thing is their schedule's weak, so that's what everybody was trying to figure out. They're saying if Navy wins this week, they have to wait until they face Army next week to figure out bowl games, which will only give some teams like two days to get to their bowl game destinations. I'm calling bullshit. If Western Michigan wins this week and Navy wins, just give it to Western Michigan. They're undefeated. Who cares? Navy's got two losses. I don't care if they beat Houston. And Yahoo's even covering the story for, like, their main page. And it's just been driving me nuts. I'm just ranting is basically what I'm doing, James. Yeah, I don't have much of an opinion on Navy, to be totally honest with you. All I know, Greg, I I don't know anything in this world. Uh, I know some things, but I don't know very much. And and what I do know is that 
all this is all well and good, but uh, Alabama is going to win the national championship. So yeah, I just had to get the rants off, James. It's it's one of those things that just bothers me sometimes for things that get covers that they shouldn't. Well, I, I appreciate that, and uh, you know, what would the media be doing without the, wa- the watchful eye of Greg Cowan calling them uh, when bullshit happens? I need to get my Skip Bayless moments out to get us famous, so you're welcome. Yeah. <laughs> well, I do appreciate that. Um, okay, cool. Anything else about college football you want to touch on? Uh, anything that you uh, think needs to, needs to be corrected? Chip Kelly needs to go back to Oregon. <laughs> I think Chip Kelly just needs to just leave just i'm done with chip kelly i'm good i'm all set and also phil knight if you're listening james and i will split the 10 million dollar coaching fee in coach oregon i say chip kelly goes back to unh that's what i say um okay uh that's it for college football let's get into some nba uh my happy place so this is there is some uh, there is some really fun storylines kind of emerging right now. Uh, the, the the NBA takes a little bit a little while to kind of calibrate everything and and get everybody right to where we want to do. Last time we had the uh, last time we had the power rankings, you know, there was not a big enough sample size. I think we had had like maybe ten games or less um, to kind of talk about. Um, now we're starting to really kind of see where teams are going to be falling. We're up to around 20 games for some teams, um, you know, uh, and, and that's kind of exactly a, a really good idea of what we're going to see going forward. I think uh, I think one thing that we can uh, we can say for certain is that the Golden State Warriors, at least until they completely figure out how to play together, uh, are not going to be hitting that magic, you know, 80 game number that we all thought yeah, that they no, would. Yeah, uh, no, a little different than we expected. They had, a, they had a hard-fought game against uh, against the Rockets last night, and uh, and the Rockets the Rockets won a double overtime thriller, which is pretty pretty cool. Did you watch any of that, Greg? I did not catch it. I caught the highlights this morning. It was past my bedtime. Yeah, I was pretty tired last night, but I did see James Harden had a triple double, which basically is the only reason that the Rockets had a chance in that game is James Harden. Yeah, and the fact I think uh, the, I saw the Warriors were ten for thirty-seven from three. Or at least uh, Clay, uh, Curry, and Durant were. Right. So, that, yeah. It, it's an interesting, interesting uh, game because they, the, the Warriors still just have not figured out a way to kind of um, play effective defense. And I think until they do that, they're, they, they have a fatal flaw. Um, I was listening to uh, uh, Bill Simmons' podcast, and, and he mentioned that, you know, it's really the teams that really matter are the teams that have like the players that matter right now. You know what I mean? Like there's only a couple, there's only a handful of teams that are players that matter in the league. <laughs> Excuse me. Bless you. But there's only a handful of, of players that really matter in the league. If you have one, your team has a chance. If you don't have one, your team does not have a chance. Yeah, basically. So I'm going to go right now through the team, through the teams that have players that matter. So you have, Cavaliers, obviously, yeah. LeBron, Kyrie, and Love. Uh, in the East, that's sort of it. Outside of the Indiana Pacers, who have Paul George. Would we give the Knicks any love with Rose and like Porzingis and Mello? Nope, nope. I wouldn't give them any love. Okay. Uh, I don't think that Mello totally matters anymore. I just don't. I think that he's kind of past where where. It, 
he's a, he's an unbelievable offensive player with no uh, with no elite eliteness. Yo, but bro, uh, he's got a, three gold medals. I will give um, I will give Porzingis a player that matters later, like a player that's going to matter in the future. So you put no stock uh, in three gold medals, none. Right, right. I don't I don't put any stock in that. Um, so I think that Cleveland really is the only team in the East besides the Pacers that have a player that really matters. I think there are a couple teams that will have players in the future, like players that are coming up that will matter in like a couple of years. Um, you know, for example, Milwaukee has looked really impressive with, with Giannis. I think that he's really something. And I don't know if he's quite there now, but he, he is pretty darn close. And, and same thing with Porzingis with the Knicks. You Jimmy know, same Butler. thing with the 76ers with Embiid. Like those are the those are the teams that will have players in the futures that in the future that matter. Right? Think Jimmy Butler is but ever going to matter? Yeah, I think Jimmy Butler is is pretty much on the fringe. So I'll give him Chicago too. So I'll basically give Cleveland, Chicago, and and Indiana as the three teams with players that matter. All right. Uh, but that's really it for the East. So I think that you know any conversations about these other teams that you know you might have, whether it's the Raptors, uh, the Hornets, the Celtics, uh, even the Hawks. Um, I, I just don't think that unless you have one of those players that really genuinely matters and can move move the uh, move the conversation and move the needle, I just don't think that they have a chance of, of beating the Cavaliers and, and winning. Yeah, nobody uh, really so has a until chance they get one. Yeah, no chance in the East unless you're the Cavs. Yeah. Now, on the Western Conference, the players that matter, Golden State has three of them. Okay. Um, at least three of them. I think that you can say that Durant, Curry, and you could take take your pick of Green or or Thompson, but I'm gonna I'm gonna only allow you to pick one of them because I think only three of them matter. I think it's uh, Green. San, Anto- San Antonio's got Kawhi. You know, LA's got Chris Paul. Houston's got James Harden. Uh, Oklahoma City has uh, Russell Westbrook. Um, Portland, I think, has Dame Lillard, but he's kind of like a he's kind of like a like fringe fringe player that matters you think uh yeah dame is not quite there yet he's wow. kind of he's he's right on the edge of that all right and then and then new orleans has uh anthony davis yeah the western so, conference is a little more compelling exactly and that's kind of what it, any conversation about like the east versus the west i really think that you just have to look at about the quality of players that are playing in each in each conference you know uh the best player on the number two seed in the East right now is DeMar DeRozan, whereas the best player on the San Antonio Spurs is, I mean, take your pick. It's Kawhi Leonard, it's LaMarcus Aldridge. It's like real legitimate, uh, you know, all-stars or MVP candidates. There are also like a subcategory, Greg, of players that matter but are kind of wasting uh, wasting away on, on bad teams and could matter more for other teams. So players like John Wall and the Wizards. I think you need to trade John Wall. Yeah, the Wizards, the Wizards, man, have just—I don't know what happened to them. They were supposed to be good. Uh, and then you know, in the West, you're, you're looking at like Boogie Cousins uh, for Sacramento. You know, that guy could really legitimately matter on another team, um, but he's just in such a horrible situation. Yeah, could you, you imagine if he went to like the number seven or six team in the West? Like, how much better that team automatically becomes? Yeah. Oh, exactly. Imagine, uh, imagine the Utah Jazz right now, who are darlings of this of this uh, of this early season, uh, with you know Demarcus Cousins. You know. Actually, think about uh, this. Imagine if you put Cousins into the East with like the Pacers. 
Oh, yeah. The it's Pacers then become like a huge competition for the Cavs at the top. This is why I want the Celtics to trade for him, and, and Sacramento's never going to do it. But if, Celtic, if the Celtics gave up like one or two of the Brooklyn picks for Cousins, all of a sudden you've got, you know, uh, it, 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 depending on who else you give up in terms of players, but you have, you know, Isaiah Thomas, Al Horford, DeMarcus Cousins, Jay Crowder, uh, Avery Bradley. I mean, that's a really legitimate, that's a legitimate contending team if Cousins yeah. buys into what, what, uh, you know, Brad Stevens does. So that's kind of where we're at in the state of basketball right now, Greg. Do you have any other uh, any other comments that you want to throw in there? No, that except if anything, if Sacramento and Boston met GMs, if you're listening, uh, listen to James. Well, what's what's um, what's lucky, Greg, uh, for Sacramento is that they're coming into the Garden tonight, and I'm actually going to that game. Ah, yeah. So, you got backs? Do you have uh, VIP passes? You're going to be hanging out with Ainge. Well, uh, I think uh, after everyone hears this podcast, uh, I, I think that there's no other choice other than to let me backstage and uh, and, and start working some deals. I think so. You I know, think that's I, a good call. So, uh, you know, Danny, if you're listening, uh, I'm I'm ready for you. I'm ready to uh, I'm ready to talk. I'm ready to I'm ready to work some magic. So uh, let's make this happen, man. Demarcus to the Celtics. So let's 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 finally make this happen. We've been flirting with it for a couple of years, and uh, let, let's kind of put this over the line. Hey, uh, Danny, if you're listening, uh. Don't let this pass you by like you let Kevin Durant pass you by. Uh, James exactly. got the deal done. He, he's a deal exactly. maker. He's a trailblazer. I'm a dream factory. That's yeah. what I am. That's exactly what he is. Don't pass him up, Danny. You can right, find Greg, him in the. Anything you else can, that you want to touch on before we kind of roll out of here? Uh, hey, Danny, if you need to find James too, you can find him at Eataly in uh, the Prudential Center because I heard that just opened. Yeah, yeah, you very much can. Uh, I'm I'm pretty much there like four times a day. It's it's actually pretty bad. Uh, only other uh, thing I want to talk about is uh, touch on the MLB CBA new uh, pack. Just one or two things in that. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's do that. So uh, the CBA was finalized with the MLB players and MLB Player Association. You know, good for them. No strikes, no nothing. He's not going to interrupt the winter meetings. Uh, good for you guys. Five more years of peace and joy. A few changes have made uh, the biggest two that I've heard about are, one, if you're a new player in the MOB, you can no longer chew tobacco, basically, in the dugout, which is fascinating to me that that's just, like, something they're cutting down on so much. I've never seen the big deal with that. If you want to chew, let the guy chew. Who cares? I get it's, like, the whole kids are going to see you doing it, but... Whatever. Kids aren't going to understand what it is. Just give them big league chew gum. That's what I did. I never got into the dip. So it's just an odd rule to me that only players that are existing on rosters get grandfathered in and everybody else now can no longer do it. I mean, I get it. You know, like, I do. It, I get I get the idea of like you can't smoke tobacco in the, in the, in the dugout either. You can't like smoke cigarettes and, and stuff. So, I mean, <laughs> I, I, I get this. I get this rule. I get it. It's just a weird thing that's like making the headlines but all right i'll give it to you the biggest news though that a lot of fans are going to actually be happy about and a lot more players probably are is the all-star game doesn't matter anymore folks it does not matter whoever wins does not get home field advantage anymore it's just best record gets it greg i don't want to i don't want to take full credit for this because I, i think that would be wrong um but I think that everyone listened to my rant about it at over All-Star Weekend this year, uh, where I basically just kind of went off for, like, you know, three straight minutes about how it's, like, the dumbest thing in the entire world that the All-Star game matters. I did get a few and calls about it, James. I got They asked if they could play that audio at the meeting. 
Yeah, and, and Manfred clearly is a fan. And hi, Rob, if you're if you're listening, hi. Uh, and I think that that was that was kind of the straw that broke the camel's back. You know, they did not want to hear me that upset. No, nobody uh, nobody does. I hate it. I hated it then. It made me sad. Uh, MLB, thankfully, thankfully, you listened. Yeah. Yep. So, uh, you know, kudos to uh, MLB, but mostly kudos to me. I yeah. think that we can agree. Pat yourself on the back. Uh, You're going to make a big trade tonight in the NBA, and you got the All-Star game to not matter. Yeah. I mean, wow. This is a big week. This is all coming up James right now, so yeah. that's, that's really exciting. And Italy just opened, so, you know, you're just you, uh, you go, you get yourself some good Italian food. Yeah, this is unbelievable, Greg. I mean, can, can anything go more my way? The answer is no. No. Uh, it's just no. I can't think of anything that would make this better. Yeah, I agree. All right, man. Uh, let's roll this right into the uh, right into the station here. Uh, any other last final uh, thoughts on the sports world before we adjourn for a couple days? <laughs> no, uh, except we're gonna be back pretty soon. Actually, uh, figure out the exact days. Our schedule is gonna be changing up a bit. I put it out yesterday. Uh, but you know, James is a big player now in his uh, job world, so. He uh, needs to make time for us, and we'll make time for him. <laughs> well, I think I appreciate it, and I appreciate all the people that stuck with us through all of the uh, the changes that we that have kind of gone through. Our schedules have been pretty crazy, so uh, you know, keeping you guys on your toes. When is the next podcast going to drop? Oh, it's dropping soon. Oh, it's dropping later. Whoa, what's going on? You guys are the best. So yeah. thank you. And uh, props to the crew for you know just changing their schedules on a whim too. It's pretty amazing, man. I mean, it, it really is a big ego boost when you can just kind of wave your hand and have an entire crew of podcast, amateur podcast recorders uh, just drop what they're doing and, 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 and make it happen for you. So, uh, you know, this, this ego trip thing is really kind of happening. Maybe I need to turn into a megalomaniac. Who knows? Maybe. I mean, uh, we deserve it, though. We put on a show every week. Uh, people enjoy us, and they got to make us happy for that to happen. The magic only happens if we're happy, James. I agree. I agree. And I'm pretty happy. All right, man. Uh, Well, that's awesome. Uh, Until next week, Greg, uh, have a good one, and we'll talk to you guys soon. Yeah, talk to you guys soon. James, have a good weekend.